All right, so let's try and get a solid intro going here, I guess. Um, All right, hi, everyone. Welcome to the No Vertical Podcast. Uh, This is your host, Billy and Alex. What's up, guys? Um, We're going to talk about a few topics today and just introduce you guys to the podcast. This is a new thing for us, first-time podcasters. (laughs) Um, So we'll see how this goes, and please give us feedback and give us some comments and things that you want to hear about in the future. Um, so right now, uh, we're recording on anchor podcast and you guys can leave us some feedback in terms of written or I believe voicemail. Um, and we'll be able to get back to you on that. Um, so just to air out some of our biases right off the top. (laughs) Um, I am a huge St. John's fan as well as a big Buffalo Bulls supporter because that is both me and Alex's alma mater in terms of undergrad. That's Um, right. Horns up, baby. And uh, Alex, you can take it away with your <laughs> potential biases. <laughs> so I am a pretty avid Syracuse basketball fan, um, have been for a very long time, and uh, they'll definitely be mentioned more than once on this podcast. So yeah, just for get sure. used to it. <laughs> for sure, as, as will St. John's for me. So if you're a possible Georgetown person, you know, this might <laughs> – this might be a bit of an issue for you, but yeah, outside of that, it won't I, work out too well. Outside of that, I think we're good. Um, so yeah, so I think the first thing we wanted to uh, discuss on this one today uh, is the release of CBS's top twenty-five, the preseason, way too early, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Um, and I, I know me and Alex were talking before this about how good Kansas is looking for next season. For sure, I saw a picture of Mitch Lightfoot, and he put on about twenty pounds of muscle over the off season. So he's going to be a force. And plus the, the guards that are coming in. I mean, Quentin Grimes is, yeah. looks filthy right now. So absolutely ridiculous. I'm definitely looking to see if anyone can uh, possibly dethrone them in the out of conference schedule early right. on. Um, yeah. So Cause I'm, they have two top 25 guards coming in to replace Devonte Graham. So, yeah, so it, it's it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what can happen with the Jayhawks this year. Definitely. Um, and then next, if we're looking down the line, I mean, we have Duke listed as number two, which in my opinion is is way too high for this Duke <laughs> team. But I don't know how you feel about it, Alex. I, you know, I think Duke's always going to be up there in terms of like the preseason rankings just because Coach K. Um, I think that people have a tendency to look past talent and look at, coaches with really good records when it comes to these way too early predictors um but you know i think that duke is always pretty good they'll be pretty good in the acc as per usual but as far as like compared to previous seasons i think that'll be kind of something that'll be fleshed out during the during the season but i mean you never can count coach k out the guy is a guy's got a proven track record I mean, I agree completely, but to just to have to blatantly put them ahead of teams like Nevada and Zaga, I yeah. mean, like it's a, it's a bit of a disrespectful move there, in my opinion. But yeah, um, I think you, you got to look at history. I get that. I I think that a lot of the times people fall back into discounting those teams because they don't have that blue blood track record, but. You know, I agree. I agree. You can't you can't disagree with the talent that they have returning. So I definitely get both sides of that coin. 
Um, and then just taking a look down the rest of this list real quick. I mean, we have Tennessee, who might have shocked a few people last season, but I mm. mean, they they prove that they're they're a team that can stick around and hang around in the top five. Um, yeah. And like I said before, we're looking at uh, Gonzaga at five here, Nevada at six. I'm I'm huge on Nevada, as you could already <laughs> yes. tell. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, bringing in Caleb and Cody Martin. Um, yeah, that's a big back move. from the NBA draft. You know, I mean, those guys were teetering on what to do, whether to go pro or not, and to have them come back in is huge for that team. And as of right now, I think they're actually over by a spot, so they're going to have to let someone go. Right. Um, in terms of scholarships, so that'll be interesting to see who who leaves. I know they just had a departure a couple days ago um, from a grad transfer. So I mean, we'll see what happens with Eric Musselman's team. Um, and especially the addition of Jordan Brown, who I'm huge on. I was really hoping that St. John's was somehow going <laughs> to pull it out. Um, he, they were in his top five, I believe. But, you know, at the end of the day, Nevada came in at the end and swooped him up. It's kind of how it goes sometimes. Yeah. Um, looking down the line, I mean, UNC listed as eight is a little, it's a little high for me. I, I, I could see them being a top ten team, but eight, you know, it's a little high, but, you know, I think yeah. bringing in uh, Nasir Little is tremendous for that program. He's right. going to be he is going to be an incredible player for them, I believe. Right. Yeah, I think that, once again, it falls into a little bit of the conference biases and because that conference is such a major powerhouse that those teams are always going to be favored a little bit. Like, you have, what, like – five ACC teams in this top 25, so if not more. So, I mean, that's just kind of how the coin flips in these preseason uh, rankings, you know. I agree. I mean, just look at Villanova right now. I mean, they're right. they're sitting at nine right now after right. losing four of the five starters. So uh, I, do I think Villanova wins the Big East? Yes, probably. <laughs> um, do I think it'll be easy like the other years? Definitely not. I think yeah. teams like Marquette, um, Xavier, and even possibly St. John's, if Haran is able to, uh, or Heron, sorry, if is able to uh, come on and be eligible for the season. Right. So, you know, I mean, for them to be at nine right now is a little iffy of a call, I think. But a lot of people are high on them already. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see. I mean, bringing in uh, Javon Quinterly, uh, the former commit to Arizona after the whole scandal happened out there was huge for Jay Wright. I mean, that, yeah. that really solidified him uh, for this recruiting class. Right. Um, but it'll I be think people to are going to want to take a look at Butler, too. Yeah. Because they are not – I don't think they're on this 20, top 25. But No, I haven't really seen them any, any top 25s at a right. release yet. Right. So I think that people are going to – be surprised by them a little bit. Kamar Baldwin came on big time in the tournament, so I think he'll be their their kind of leading man going forward here. Um, going down the list, going down the list here. Anything else that stands out? I mean, I see they included uh, UCLA on this, which mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of a lot of what they're harping on is Moses Brown, and he does. He came from uh, actually my alma mater of high school. Archbishop yeah. Malloy High School in Queens, New York. Um, 
but he's projected to not even start for them. So that'll be interesting. Really? He's a five-star player, so he'll be coming off the bench, yeah. allegedly, for year one. Um, so this this will be an interesting team, I think, especially they're hoping for a big bounce back year from their poor showing in the tournament last year. Right, and they're returning pretty much their whole roster from what I'm understanding. So, I mean, you know, that year of experience does wonders for a lot of people, so I guess we'll just kind of see how it goes. I think that um, Jalen Hands has a good chance of coming on pretty strong. Um, Look I out think... for Sharif O'Neal as well. I mean, right? Yep. yep. Can't can't discredit a uh, O'Neal. So <laughs> that's for sure. And then Aaron Holiday, of course, was amazing the whole year. So I think that they have a good core. Um, Thomas Welsh is also up there. He didn't play very well in the tournament, so he they're going to need him to come on a little bit stronger if they want to actually go somewhere. That's true. But, That's very true. Yeah. Um, so looking down the list, I see uh, your orange is ranked at uh, currently 22 right now. How are you That's feeling right. about that? That's right. It feels good. Finally seeing them back in the any sort of ranking poll is pretty nice. It's usually very short-lived throughout the year in the last couple of years. But, you know, the the return of battle is pretty much the biggest news that could have happened for us. Um, oh, 100%. I mean, total game changer in terms of what this team is able to do. And he was a lot of the offense, too. In a absolutely. Team that, that lacked it for the most part of the for during sure. the season. He's, so. he's pretty much our, our go-to guy that can find us get open for a shot, get himself open for a shot. Obviously the loss of Basley really, really hurt, but yeah. I think that it'll be interesting to see what um, Jalen Carey can come in and do. He'll be a good, probably backup to Frank Howard, especially early on. So we're going to have finally some depth at the guard position, which we've been lacking on in recent years, but yeah, that Baz that loss of Basley really hurt because we're we're gonna be hurting on on the boards once again if we can't get our guys to rebound a little bit better. So, and it's it's important that you even note. I mean, first guy to go what straight from high school to the G League like that. Right. I mean, yeah. that's that's. I think it just says a lot about the current culture with the one and done era. I mean, Absolutely. that a kid is so willing to just go to the G league of all places. Right. Um, to try and get some exposure and to get paid for his craft. So, right. Uh, it'll be interesting to follow what he does in the G league and, uh, what, what he'll be able to do possibly going forward with the NBA or overseas. So definitely. Um, but yeah, kind of reminiscent of the whole Leangelo ball, Lamelo ball thing that happened where they course, both yeah. chose to go overseas as opposed to, you know, dealing with all the backlash, obviously, of LeVar. But at the same time, um, just I don't think – I think it's going to be a pretty common trend to see people bypassing the NCAA more and more as they the opportunities are there. So this Basley thing will be kind of a, a guinea pig situation and kind of see how he does. So Yeah, I mean – I mean, just to bring it back a couple of years, if you remember back to Emmanuel Moutier, right, heading overseas to China instead of the SMU that one year, right. So uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the NBA has already say, stated that they would uh, 
consider lifting the one and done rule soon. So, I mean, going forward, it'll be interesting to see how it impacts future recruiting classes um, for coaches going around the league. Yeah. I think if anything, it'll give us a little bit more of uh, experience coming back into the, the NCAA. Um, we'll see some more Frank Masons and some more Devontae Grahams, some uh, Jalen Brunsons, you know, of recent years to name a few. Um, those teams are based around experience and people getting better through the process of college. And I'm, if, if they decide to lift that one and done roll, I'm all for it. You know, I think it'll be good for both the NBA and the NCAA because it'll give us some more exciting games in the NCAA as well as allow those players that are ready. I mean, look at, if you look at someone like Zion Williamson, the kid has been ready to play in the NBA since he was probably a sophomore in high school just based on his body. So those types of players of who your LeBrons, your Dwight Howards, anybody like that who's a senior in high school and is already NBA ready is in terms of physicality, you the game will improve the more you play. But what's better than going straight into the NBA and getting that exposure right away, you know? Exactly. Yeah, and I mean another thing if the kid financially believes one he can make more money in the NBA than overseas. And obviously, you know, air quote in college. Um, And he feels his body's physically ready to handle, you know, the severity of the NBA, what that can do to your body. Um, You know, why not let him do it? Let him try. That's absolutely. So um, I guess moving on from there, uh, I, I really want to take a look at this Villanova roster on what overhaul that's really gone on. Yeah, I mean, losing Spellman and, and Dante DiVincenzo. I mean, we knew Bridges, and we knew, well, we had a good idea Brunson was going to leave for sure. having the season that he had. Um, but honestly, Dante DiVincenzo, he shined in the periods where he needed to. You know, right. he shined in the, in the NCAA tournament, uh, especially in that finals game. For sure. And uh, as well in the combines, you know, it was, he was lighting everything up. So, yeah. He he played his way into the first round of that draft, and had he, I think, been a second round pick, maybe he'd return for for uh, his junior season with Jay Wright. But I, I mean, getting a promise pretty much that you're going to be a first rounder I, that solidified it for him. Mm-hmm. And Spellman is a bit interesting to me. Yeah, you know, you're going to get those players every year that come out who probably aren't ready. They test the waters, and they're just gonna do what they're gonna do you know yeah i I mean that um that's pretty common every year and you're gonna have maybe two or three people that you know maybe a team sees something they like they said something to the kid during the draft like pre-workouts and everything so it's just kind of the way the the chips fall sometimes yeah i mean interesting i mean obviously we're not firsthand we don't know for sure what he was thinking, but I mean, clearly he's got a ton of potential there. And if anything, you know, there's always G league and overseas to develop a little bit more. I mean, just look at J.R. Smith. He went over to China after having a stint in the NBA for a little while, came back and he's, I mean, 
maybe a bad example considering the <laughs> the recent <laughs> turn of events for the, for him uh, with the Cavs. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, you look at the body of work and him being able to go back and forth. So wish Spellman all the best with uh, his future endeavors. And then, I mean, it's, they're still retaining Booth and uh, Gillespie, uh, Pascal and Cosby Roundtree, who made up the bulk of their minutes uh, right. from returnees. So, I mean, you look at that, plus... I mean, they have three kids in the top 50 of the ESPN top 100. So, I mean, have, has it been done with rosters less put together than this? I, I think so. I mean, I, I think Jay Wright, if anyone, could get this roster to another Big East title. It's just a matter of how they mesh together. Um, and I think depth might possibly be an issue for them once again. Right. But, I mean, you know, everyone all year last year was saying depth was going to be an issue in <laughs> ended up taking everything so exactly yeah sometimes you sometimes it matters sometimes it doesn't you know like yes Syracuse like coming back to my Syracuse reference let's go let's talk about their depth a little bit they play a maximum of seven players but their top three players played nearly every single minute of the game if you have a couple guys like that you're Jalen Brunson's you're gonna succeed if they play at a high level so yeah 100 percent. and honestly last year i don't know how much you paid attention to it but uh gillespie really i don't know there were moments where i saw a little bit of uh archie diacono mm. so it'll be interesting to see if he can maybe fill those shoes i'm not putting anything on him but if he can maybe you know be in that ballpark uh, i think that'll be very dangerous between For him sure. and uh, Javon Quinterly, it'll be a very dangerous backcourt at Nova this year. I would agree with you for sure. Um, plus, I mean, you still have Booth returning, so right. I think I think Jay Wright will figure out a way to win. Always seems to seems to figure that out. That's for sure. Um, and then uh, to another team in the Big East, um, my St. John's Red Storm, having a pretty wild past week <laughs> i mean um going from you know possibly losing pawns and having to figure out you know who was going to start at point guard to not only getting bonds to come back but also adding mustafa heron i mean who could have foreseen these things happening but <laughs> um so it'll be interesting to see if uh, Heron can get that eligibility waiver. He will be applying for a hardship waiver um, okay. to be closer to his ailing mother, who is uh, suffered from a very traumatic concussion. Um, I believe it was sometime last year, and she's still uh, pretty down and out about it. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they can get him eligible and what uh, backcourt of Pons and Heron, uh, Heron, sorry can uh, accomplish. Mm. And I mean, if you look at even this could be a possibly a three team race to the top. I'm really high on Marquette um, as well. So it'll, it'll, I, in my opinion, I think provided, you know, everyone stays healthy, no injuries, whatever. I'm thinking that it could be a three headed, uh, three headed dragon kind of coming out of the, uh, the big East this year between Marquette uh, St. John's and Villanova. Yeah. Now, I mean, compared to last year, yeah, I think the conference as a whole has definitely took a dip. 
But that said, I think when teams that, you know, you start to see from the bottom come to the top, as a whole, it's just good for the, for the whole conference, you know. Um, Marquette just missed the big dance last year, I believe. Um, St. John's was, you know, bottom feeder. So right. to see them rise to the top like that, uh, you don't really see it too often, and I think it's good for the conference. You know, you get that constant turnover. Um, and I'd like to see more conferences have that happen. I think a conference that has the potential for that is the American, actually. Mm. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, every year you're going to have that one, those couple of teams that are going to shock you. Who thought Texas Tech would come on as strong as they did last year, you know? Yeah, I mean, so, that was an incredible run that they had. So Well, it's just kind of ebbs and flows with the season, and we'll see who can make it last throughout the whole year into the tournament. For sure, for sure. Um, so some other teams I know we were, we were talking about, I mean, everyone's very high on Loyola. Mm. Uh, coming back, I don't believe CBS had them in their top twenty-five. No, I'm... I don't see them. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little shocked at that, considering they're returning almost everyone. Right. Um, plus, getting in a couple recruits and transfer. So, I mean, I'm a little shocked to not even see them in the twenties. You know, I figured they somewhere sneak in there, but um, I'm pretty high on them again this year. I think we'll see another repeat performance uh, coming out of the Ramblers. So, I mean, I just wanted to see what your take on that was. Yeah, um, I'm looking at this coach's poll from April. Looks like Loyola, that's the only place I see Loyola. Um, they had him at number seven. But, you know, it was an incredible run they made last year. Obviously, they're talented. They're returning them almost all, if not all, of their roster. So, anytime you have that experience of – performing well in the tournament on top of bringing those players back that performed well, you're always going to have a, a chance of re- repeating that same performance. It'll be interesting to see where their ranking falls throughout the year based on not only um, which conference they're in, you know, the Horizon League isn't historically the best league in the country, but um I think that as long as they keep up the same level of intensity, the same defensive intensity that they played with throughout the tournament, they're definitely going to have an opportunity to make a big splash. And they already have their rematch set with uh, Nevada from that Sweet 16 matchup, so that'll be interesting to see. Right. Um, I mean, Nevada, as we already talked about, you know, possible top five to start the year off. So that'll be a very, very interesting matchup to uh, to catch. Um and then moving on to another mid-major powerhouse, <laughs> if we can call it that, uh, our alma mater, University of Buffalo Bulls. I mean, that's right. Uh, what Nate Oates has done to that program the past couple of years after Bobby Hurley left has been incredible. Yeah, I think um, Nate Oates just kind of infused a level of toughness that wasn't there before. It came in, started with Bobby Hurley, kind of that blue blood mentality of defense and the offensive firepower that we saw in the in the tournament against Arizona against um the like just how they made that run all, like hitting their threes on a consistent basis i think that'll continue 
Um, I'm looking for Nick Perkins to continue to be a big player. I'm interested to see if he'll still continue to come off the bench. Um, but yeah, they're returning the entire team from that run. So minus minus Wes Clark, that he's right. the only one that had to graduate. Right. But I agree. I mean, I'm I'm looking for a huge year out of C.J. Massenburg. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also I, was it I Kenneth Smart that transferred out of Buffalo? I want to say uh, possibly. Yeah, let me yeah. Look. Um, but yeah, I Kenneth Smart he grad transferred out um, to mm. Wake Forest, which I mean shows you the level of competition that Buffalo is developing in the MAC over there. So definitely. Um, I mean I'm I'm ecstatic, and especially if they're trying to propose a 72 team field this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Buffalo is setting itself up to possibly, you know, even if they get second in the MAC tournament, that still could possibly lead to an at-large bid if they have a good enough season. So um, I'd, I'd love to see what, what NATOs can do this year. Um, and they're adding, I believe it was a three-star recruit. Um, so that'll be interesting. I think he's one of the highest recruits they've had in the past couple of years. So, right. Um, yeah, I mean, Jeremy Harris, too, is another guy may not get enough love because Buffalo is a mid-major, but the kid just drains threes. Um, yeah. So he played incredible, especially in that game against Arizona. That was a performance for the Bucks. That's for sure. A hundred percent, hundred percent there. Um, so, you know, hopefully they can create uh, quite the storm in Western New York this year and light up the Mac conference. I'd be interesting to see if they would be interested in getting out, of the MAC conference because um, I mean, I know that there was talks a while back in terms of for football reasons to get out of the MAC, but um, I, I don't hate the idea of it. Um, put them in a conference that will allow them to possibly get in that large. If they don't win the conference, it'll definitely boost their roster. I'm uh, not the roster. Sorry. Their, uh, the uh, schedule of their roster. So yeah, the schedule of their strength games. schedule. And... Yeah. So, I mean, and it really just comes down to is if anyone's going to be able to challenge them this year. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's not a ton of competition for them. Um, you'll obviously get the teams here and there that are going to play above the level that we're used to seeing. But um, as far as how they're going to perform, I'm expecting them at least – top two i don't see them being out of the top two in the mac so yeah me neither um anything else you're uh you're seeing that's sparking your interest right now um i feel like we should touch on virginia pretty quick just because they're again returning a majority of their team um i'm not sure if they who or if they lost this year i think they they brought back devin hall or they're losing Devin Hall. They brought back DeAndre Hunter. He was going to leave. So Devin Hall is pretty much the only guy they lost. Um, I think that Kyle Guy is going to continue to just improve and become a leader for that team. I think he'll. their defense is always going to be the, front, the forefront of the conversation with them. Their defensive prowess has been incredible the entire time that um, Tony has been there. And I think that bringing in um, 
I'm not sure how many recruits they brought in. I don't think I'm not seeing anybody in the top hundred right now. But it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean exactly uh, not recruiting smart, right? So, and you know, Ty Jerome is a pretty underrated kid. He's a pretty gutsy player, and DeAndre Hunter played very well last year. So I'm just interested to see where they fall in terms of the ACC. Obviously, that loss to a 32 is not going to set them up for the best headlines going into the season, but I think that we can expect to see good things out of Virginia, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, definitely coming in, losing to that uh, 16 seed UMBC. Right, right, right. Um, I mean, it, it sets you up angry, you know. And, for sure. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's not good to play angry, but I don't know. I mean, I don't think you can really go wrong with having a chip on your shoulder coming into the year at least, you know. So we'll see how the offseason goes for them. Um, and if they're able to come back and duplicate their magical run, you know, up until that loss to UMBC. So um, it'll definitely be interesting to see how the year pans out for them. Um, and then just really just looking back on everyone else in the, eight, in the uh, sorry, CBS poll here. Um, you know, I mean, nothing's really jumping out outside of that stuff to me right now. I mean, it's good to see even without Mustafa Heron, um, with Auburn still being in the top 10. Mm. Um, so they'll, they'll be definitely someone to keep your eyes out for. Um, uh, I don't know. You got anything else for me, Alex? I don't think so, man. All right. Pretty much covered it. All right. So that's everything for our first podcast. Um, like I said, uh, p- please feel free to comment. Let us know, you know, what you want to hear. Um, if there's anything you'd specifically like us to go into, you know, any critiques for us, we'd love to hear it. Um, so sh- please share the podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter. We're at no vertical on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening and, uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good one guys.